Hey, welcome back to Crimes and Closets. This is Christy in my closet in St. Louis. And this is Beth in my closet in North Carolina. What's up, Beth? What's up? Not a whole lot. Except my mom and dad just surprised me. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Showed up for the day. And her mama and I were talking yesterday and she never, never said a peep. Nope. Yep. Only my husband knew. She did not spill the tea. I know. I'm shocked that she didn't actually just tell me you. too. Because she knows you wouldn't tell me. But yeah. right, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good. I thing would she not have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was a fun surprise. They're they're all vaccinated and they were ready to come on a trip. So they yes. drove over here today, and it's my son's fifteenth birthday on Yay. Friday. So the Beatmaster. Yes, the Beatmaster. So anyway. So anything else you got for me besides that exciting news? <laughs> no. I mean, we can we talk about really quick, really quick, how much support we have gotten on like our social medias lately? Yes. Yeah. Messages yeah, and emails and voicemails with our tagline. And we are so into it. And we got a new graphic mm-hmm. design, which is actually several from a friend yes. of mine from high school. Yeah, and they're totally awesome. Love them. They are boss. Like, mm-hmm. truly the coolest things ever. So we're going to use them. Stay yes, tuned we're gonna for that. Out. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. What's your name? Brad. <laughs> Brad. Thank you. <laughs> oh, Brad. <laughs> Brad is an amazing artist. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I loved him. As soon as you sent it, I was like, what? That's amazing. Yeah. I know. I messaged him and told him you liked him, too. Cool. Awesome. Great. Well, now he can hear it, too. Yes. He's a A friend of the podcast. Send us your stuff, guys. We want to hear from you. Yes. It makes us so happy because we know that you, like, are invested in us. Yeah. Yeah. We're invested in you. Yeah, we are. We are. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing this anymore. No, I'm just kidding. We we have fun with it. (laughs) Crime fix, too. It is our crime fix. Give it to me. You ready? You ready for it? Because this one's a doozy. So I'm going to try and get through it quickly so that it doesn't end up being a long one, but we'll see. And it was a listener suggestion. So we, uh, again, appreciate all of the requests that you have given us. And we can't make promises that we will get to them because sometimes we can't find enough information. But we always do our best to do it. I think I don't think we have had, had any that we haven't been able to do. But true. Anyways, this is a listener suggestion. And it is... In my opinion, one of the most tragic ones that I've looked into, because they're all tragic in their own way. I mean, every one of them is tragic. But for some reason, this one just hit me a little bit different. So anyway, this is the story of Lindsay Cutshaw and Jason Allen. Have you heard of them? No. No. Okay. So let's start with Jason Allen first. He was born May 16th, 1978. So we're like, same age. Would have been same age. (laughs) In Edison, New Jersey. However, when he was still an infant, his family moved to Zeeland, Michigan, which is southwest of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Okay. So that's like near Canada. Uh, Is it? I don't know. (laughs) No. Honestly, no. I don't know. I think it's a little bit further south um, because it's it's pretty close. It's also pretty close to Lake Michigan. And so when I was looking at the map, I feel like it was at the bottom of that lake towards the bottom of that U, but Got I it. didn't, I was zoomed in to see the <laughs> city. So I don't, I didn't see the whole map of Michigan, 
But um, he completed high school or he completed school through high school in Michigan. And then he moved on to Appalachian Bible College in West Virginia. Yay. Wild and wonderful. Oh, is that that what they say? What? (laughs) Wild and wonderful? Wild and wonderful West Virginia? Planet do you live in? Sorry, I didn't know that one. My bad. (laughs) Not yours, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, nobody knows about us. It's fine. It is wild and wonderful, though. Okay, I believe you. He graduated from there in 2001 with a bachelor's in Bible and a minor in Christian camp. He really had a heart for outdoor ministries. He loved all things outdoors, fishing, hiking, kayaking, all that fun stuff. He spent eight summers working at multiple Christian summer camps in West Virginia, California, and even British Columbia. So he just... Wow all over yeah cool he was doing quite literally all the things that he loved serving the lord through outdoor activities for the youth in the world which is very commendable love it go alan during in alan well that's his last name jason 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 go jason during his time in west virginia around 2002 he met Lindsay cutshaw Lindsay was born September 9th, 1981 in Fresno, Ohio, which is a small town sort of in between Columbus and Cleveland. Like I say sort of because it's not like directly, but it's between those two. She grew up and went to school right there in Fresno. Her dad was a pastor at a local church for 18 years. So clearly she grew up in a Christian household. She's a PK. A preacher's kid. Pastor's kid. Oh, oh yeah. okay. <laughs> Preacher's kid, pastor's kid. After graduating high school, she went on to graduate with her associates in Bible in 2003 from Appalachian Bible College. So they both went to the same school, but they weren't there together. Oh, weird. Okay. Um, She enjoyed all of the same outdoor activities Jason enjoyed. So when they met, they were quite the perfect couple. They grew pretty close quickly because within six weeks, Jason was asking Lindsay's father if he could have her hand in marriage. And the blessing was given very quickly. The two were planning a wedding for September 11th, 2004, back in Fresno, Ohio. And Lindsay's father would be officiating. Cute. Yes, very cute. But before that would happen, they both had gotten jobs for the summer at Rock and Water Camp in El Dorado, California. So they planned to spend the summer there. And then at the end, towards the end of the summer, Lindsay would return to Ohio like mid to late August to finalize all of their wedding plans before Jason would come back. So I'm thinking that she was like leaving the camp a little bit earlier than she was supposed to, but just to kind of finalize those plans. Camp started in June of 2004, and the summer was fun of, full of fun outdoor activities, ministering to the groups of the youth of groups of youth ages 8 to 18 according to their website. Now that was Did you go to, to church the- camp as a kid? I didn't. Oh, that I remember. I totally <laughs> did. <laughs> I mean, I know I went to camps, but and maybe they were affiliated with church. I don't remember. We always but not like that. Well, like one time at band camp and we would say one time at church camp. <laughs> the flute thing did not happen. <laughs> please. Please, Lord. <laughs> exactly. So I I checked out the website. So and those are the ages that they cater to now. I'm just assuming that that's where the ages that they were catering to at that end at that time. And I kind of wanted to go there, like looking at the pictures on the site, or at least the very least, send my children there, somewhere similar. 
So on Friday, August 13th, 2004, Jason and Lindsay attended a counselor meeting after whitewater rafting with a group of kids. They had told all the others that they were heading out for the weekend to visit friends in the San Francisco area. And this would be the last weekend that she was going to, Lindsay was going to be spending in California because then she was heading back to finish the wedding planning the next week. No one really knew if they had friends there or not, but no one really questioned that either. They packed up Lindsay's old Ford, red Ford Tempo, and headed up to San Francisco. They were due to come back to the camp by 5 p.m. on Sunday the 15th. So it was just going to be a quick, short little weekend trip. And it's about a two-hour drive to the San Francisco area. And they left, some sources say between 6 and 8 p.m. And some say around 7, which fits with that 6 to 8 p.m. But nobody really saw them leave. They just knew they were packing up and headed out around that time. Two days later, when they were supposed to be back at the camp and they had not returned, which was very strange, the camp called their parents to ask if they knew where they could be, and no one like had any idea who they would be visiting or why they would not be back already. So they file a missing persons report on Monday, August 16th. They trace credit card transactions, and they can be placed at Fisherman's Wharf, in San Francisco on the 14th, where Lindsay bought a bottle of hot sauce, which everyone's thinking was a present for her dad because I guess her dad apparently liked hot sauce a lot. So Aww. it wasn't like an unusual, like weird, oh, she bought hot sauce in this weird random place. Um, and on Wednesday, August 16th, so the – oh, sorry. Nope. Monday, August 16th right? Yes. That was the um, report. Wednesday the 18th, there was a helicopter out over Fishhead Beach near Jenner, California, because they were looking for a hiker that was stranded in the bluffs in that area. And the helicopter spotted two like sleeping bags on the beach and like people sleeping in them. And you're not supposed to do that. So they called, you know, to the police and said, hey, you got some people on the beach sleeping. Yeah. So it turns out to be Jason and Lindsay. Yeah. They, on the beach, they were found, what they were found on is about two hours north of San Francisco. So they had like traveled quite a distance away from, you know, San Francisco where that's where they said they were going for the weekend. So they questioned kind of like, well, why are they there? And when did they arrive and whatnot? Because when they found them, they found them, both of them shot in the head. <gasps> in- their sleeping bags, two separate sleeping bags, I will say. So, and nobody knows why they were there, what they were doing there. So at this point, they're four hours away from the camp. Yes. They're four hours away from the camp and about two hours from away from where they said they were going. Cause they said they were going to the San Francisco area, but clearly they don't have to like explain to anybody like exactly where they're going. So they could have just been like, we're just going to go away for the weekend and go to San Francisco area, blah, blah, blah. Who knows? And maybe they just decided to keep going. I don't know. We don't know the answers to that. But when we get back from break, we'll find out a couple of answers at least. Hey, friends. If you haven't heard, Crimes and Closets is turning one. For our special birthday episode, we decided to take to the listeners for you guys to choose our topic. And the winner is Family Annihilators. So join us next week where Christy and I will each give you a family annihilator case and we'll be joined by our special guest, Aaron, who is a listener and by voting won our drawing to be a guest host with us. 
We can't wait for you guys to join us for our special birthday episode, and we can't thank you enough for listening and for all your support over the past year. So please join us next week for this special celebration and to clink a glass with us and wish us happy Potiversary. We'll see you in the closet. Hi there, I'm Megan. And I'm Danielle. And we are Crime and Roses. We are a true crime and bachelor franchise recap podcast. Yeah, we're both. We are two Georgia attorneys watching and recapping all things Bachelor just for you. So we're talking Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise, Winter Games, Summer Games, all the games. Basically any show that ABC comes up with and forces us to watch. And then we'll release a true crime episode connected to what we've seen on the show that week. So if you don't like true crime, we have The Bachelor. And if you don't like The Bachelor, we have true crime. And if you don't like either... We're probably not the podcast for you, and that's okay. So, if you're into one of those things, both of those things, come check us out as we combine our two favorite things into one-stop listening shop for you. So find us on your favorite podcatcher and on social media at Crime and Roses, and email us at crimeandroses at gmail.com. Bye! Love you, mean it! Okay. So as police start looking into this case, they clearly know that they were in San Francisco the day before because they had followed already the credit card receipt transactions. They had also developed film that they had found in a camera, and they saw pictures of them by the Golden – they had taken, like, selfies by the Golden State. This was a camera that was on their person? Yeah. Okay. All of their their belongings were there. Okay. And they also have, like, several sightings from local stores and business owners that they had talked to. So some of them seem legit, but then some of them, there's people that know Jason and Lindsay say they didn't see Jason and Lindsay because one of the gas station, I think, attendants said that Jason was very rude and snooty. And they were like, there's no way that he ever acted that way towards anybody. So they can't be who they saw. But I don't know. That's who the gas station attendant said he saw. So anyway. And then there was a local board shop owner that remembered them coming in because Lindsay was looking at a necklace. And I think he actually – I read this. It was a small detail, so I don't remember exactly. But I'm pretty sure the guy gave it to Lindsay as a wedding gift because they must have been chatting. And so anyway, so that guy definitely saw them. (laughs) And then there was a local inn where close to where they found that said they came in looking for a room, but because they were all full – they couldn't stay there, and they, they remember telling them, well, you can spend the night on some of the beaches here, and that that's a common thing to do. However, the beach they found or went on was not one of those beaches that you should – and there were signs saying that, but apparently mm. they – apparently it's also not uncommon for people to just do it when they felt sure. like they wanted to. So nothing had been stolen from them. All of their belongings were I bet that there. woman feels terrible, by the way. Side note for being like, go spend the night on a beach. We don't have a room. I know, right? No room yeah. at the inn. <laughs> yes, it was. It was definitely described at a lo- as a local inn, and so that like definitely connection. Oh my right. gosh! <laughs> anyway, they're just like Jesus. Yeah. So nothing was stolen. All their belongings were left there. Lindsay's car was found parked close by with no evidence of being tampered with. And Lindsay even still had jewelry on, and I think including that necklace that the shop owner had. Um, given her. And so they're not thinking that this is a robbery. Right. 
They also find no evidence of sexual assault, according to the autopsy. It basically um, says that Lindsay – so there's a blog that somebody – I think it's a friend of Jason's keeps. Actually, the last entry is from September of 2020, and she posted every single year several posts. So she's just like honoring them. Um but anyway, according to that, I got that's where I got the autopsy report stuff from. Um, that it said that Lindsay was still pure, so they knew that she hadn't been sexually assaulted on that trip. They and really, they, are Mary and Joseph? I know. There's right. no room in the inn. My so, gosh! And they just and the couple up and shot him in the head while they were sleeping. This is why I'm saying it was like the worst, like one of the worst what cases. Does that what monster? Mm-hmm. Well, well, you just wait, wait, just you wait. <laughs> The couple was adamant about staying celibate until they got married. So they were even in two separate sleeping bags. Like they didn't even share their sleeping bag on the beach. So, you know, it was good that, I mean, that they knew that she was still pure. So autopsies also revealed that they had both been shot in the head with a 45 caliber Marlin rifle, which apparently is not a common caliber for rifles. I know nothing about guns. You know that. So I'm just going by what I read. It's not common caliber. And the ammunition that they that it uses is the same as some handguns, which I guess is unusual for a rifle. I don't know. Okay. I think it's weird so, to carry a rifle around. Well, yes, that is true. <laughs> um, and the only leads that they have are the gunshot wounds, essentially, and a witness noticing a dark car in the area with tinted windows and a black and white decal on the car that may have been referencing evolution. And at this point, it's kind of common for her family and some people to think that they were killed because of their beliefs. Well, like they were witnessing to people and the people got mad. Yes, that's some of the things. So I don't know if like then somebody called in and said this car that maybe had this decal, you know, when you start thinking you're seeing things after you hear some theories, but I don't know. Anyway, that's one of the things that they have listed as a lead to go on. And did they find their car? Yes. Her car was still there. And like, yeah, I said that earlier that it was like no signs of being tampered with. Her car was parked real close by. And then another thing that they found that was close by in a small structure built of driftwood, which I kind of saw a picture and it's basically just like, it looks like a little teepee made of the driftwood that would come in. Um, There was a journal inside there that had been there for a few months prior to Jason and Lindsay arriving to that location. And people would randomly write in that like little entries when they were there in that spot. How people knew to like find this journal in this little like teepee of driftwood, I don't know, but people did. And Jason and Lindsay were were two of the entries in there. And so they were, yes, I'm actually going to read them. Oh, but they were also asking for anybody that may have written in that because it was only there for a couple of months. Like, you know, come, you know, come talk to us if you wrote in this journal because maybe you know something about the area that we don't. Maybe you know some weirdos that are in that area that we don't know about, blah, blah, blah. So please come talk to us. So they were asking people there. And here's what Jason and Lindsay wrote. So the first one is Lindsay's. The sun is going down on the horizon. All I see is the beams shining on the cliff face. And I know that God is awesome. I look around and I see his creation all around me. And then Jason writes, mm. as I know, as I stir this mac and cheese, I think to myself, what a wonderful life. I've just spent two awesome days with my fiance, Lindsay. Can life ever be so perfect? Only with a person who is so great. 
God gives me the privilege in life, and he has given me a wonderful woman to enjoy it. Oh, my gosh. are they? Like, ugh. I mean, they're just literally just there. Young love. Yes, in love, trying to enjoy their time on the beach. And some freaking maniac. Okay. Who was it? I'll tell you. We know. We know in this one. It's not unsolved. Okay, good. (laughs) So they start looking around. The police start looking for this uncommon gun. And they start narrowing it down. Well, they did narrow it down to a region of where this gun was probably bought, but that didn't really help because I feel like it was like a shop on the East Coast. So why, you know, now they're on the West Coast. So I don't think that actually helped them. So they were literally knocking on people's doors, going door to door, looking for this gun. And they ended up taking like 100 guns into custody to send for ballistic testing to the State Department of Justice. So like every time they found a gun that was of this type, they would just be like, we're going to need to have that now. But I don't even know that they were all of that type. I think they were just kind of like, well, if you have a rifle, let's just take it because maybe we're wrong on the type. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how they would be wrong on the type, but Hmm. they, because I can't imagine if it's that rare that they would even get a hundred guns that were the same gun. (laughs) Right. So, but, and they never did find it. So any of the guns that they took were not any of the ones they were looking for. So there was also initially a $10,000 reward that was offered and this is like not even a fact that anybody needs to know, but it was Governor Schwarzenegger who increased it to fifty thousand dollars. I said I just Arnold. Had to yes, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I just had to mention Terminator. Mm-hmm. Cool. He increased it to fifty thousand because wow. they just were determined to find out like who would kill this couple that knew nobody was causing no harm to anybody on this beach. So they have thousands of leads that come in, and they follow. Anything that actually like proves to be something that's legitimate, but years go by and they they just always come up with nothing. Um, and then in 2006, they come out with more evidence, and I'm not clear. It is not clear why they held on to this evidence. I'm pretty sure it's never stated why they held on to it until 2006. But they had found a hat at the site, and also that didn't seem to be owned. I guess it probably wasn't like with their belongings. It was kind of like off to the side. And then they found a camo beer bottle, which is a beer that's made in Wisconsin and not very common in that area, but could be found in a couple of like little specialty stores. So these are two things that they come out and mention. I don't really know why <laughs> they mention you it. You can and get I don't... DNA from both of those things. Right. But not they also don't DNA know that matters because... Well, clearly, There's no DNA and, connected to them, but yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. It just would be like, okay, maybe this is because they don't know that it's even connected to the killer. It's just it was in the area, and they. So I don't know why they held onto it, and I don't know why they chose to like bring this up now, but they do. Um, initially, they had a couple of suspects that popped up, but they either cleared them or just can't link them to the murders. And in the end, anyways, one of them. This is where it's going to get crazy. Was a 20-year-old man from Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. Okay. Chippewa Falls. Hold on to that because that's where my husband went that's to school. My eyes are humongous. And that's crazy because Chippewa Falls is just a tiny town. Tiny. And it, yeah. so it must have been like this huge deal that this kid's being linked to this somehow. And the other crazy part of this is that this kid's mother – is a teacher at Chippewa Middle School 
And Emery had her as a teacher for his entire time. So did he know about this? Did he know that the kid he was... didn't know. He, what? No, he didn't. You told I mean, he wouldn't have been there then. Before today? And he was like... I, I told him yesterday and he was like, what? What's his mom's name? <laughs> oh my God. She was my art teacher. <laughs> oh my gosh. She taught art? Yeah. Yes. So there's my crazy connection to my husband that was like... What? Anyway. So, all right. This guy's name is Nicholas Scarseth. And he knew that name as soon as I said it. He knew the name. He couldn't picture him, but he knew the name. Okay. And he was in California at the time, and he had been ticketed on the 18th, just a couple of days after the murder, for skateboarding downtown near Fort Bragg, which I was so confused because there's a Fort Bragg in North Carolina. <laughs> North Carolina. <laughs> but Fort Bragg. And that's apparently two and a half miles north, not two and a half miles, two and a half hours north of where Jason and Lindsay were found. Okay. So you're saying that this guy was two and a half hours north of where they were actually found, which would have been six and a half hours from where they're originated from. Yes. So it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for that. But anyway, it's pretty random. Said but they the beer saw- was beer was from Wisconsin. I know, right? So that's beer weird. Wisconsin beer. So I think maybe there was just like lots of little things happening. So, however, this guy only had minor offenses, like in Wisconsin, basically for stealing alcohol from like local stores, Gordy's being one of them, which is the grocery store that I go to when I'm there. Well, and that his parents. Gordy's, that's cute. I've never heard of it. Oh, really? No. So. I mean, you're stealing liquor. You're not – nothing crazy, nothing that makes you jump to murder as far as I'm concerned. And his parents were also surprised by all of this because they're like, yeah, he's like a troublemaker and has an addiction, but he's not a violent person. So I don't – And she's you know, like, I'm an art teacher. Wait, I'm an art teacher. What's going on? Art teachers are different. They just are. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Um, so he ends up passing a polygraph and they realize that the tip that was called in – was kind of unreliable because they described Jason as having a beard, which when you see pictures, most of the pictures do. He has this like distinctive beard, but at the time that he died, he hadn't didn't have the beard. So they're like, well, this is an unreliable tip. They probably just looked him up online and right assumed so, he still had a beard. Exactly. He so, shaved for the wedding. <laughs> oh, that could be a possibility. So. Between passing the polygraph and realizing this tip isn't great, they 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 decide, okay, fine, like this, he didn't do it. So they release this guy, and also one really cool thing that happened was that the police flew to Wisconsin to apologize to his parents in person for dragging their son's name into this like horrific thing. Like, wow, how do you, the the cops? I've been totally impressed by the cops in this case in general. Like, love them. Nice. Okay. I mean, one and one in the Terminator. And the Terminator. And Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'd be boxed. <laughs> so the police also are looking into this man named Sean Gallen, who had been picked up on an unrelated weapons charge within days of the shooting in the area, much closer in the same county <laughs> as Lindsay and J- Allen. Or you had me calling Allen now, where <laughs> Lindsay and Jason were found. He was somewhat of a loner, recluse, whatever type person. And 
people, family and people that knew him kind of suspected that he had something to do with it. And Whoa, they told- weird. Yeah. Well, That's because so they told- random. I know. Why would you just assume? Like, I, I don't know that I, my kids could do anything. I'd be like, well, they must have killed that person. <laughs> I bet that was my kid. Yeah, I bet, I bet my kid did that. So, but these people were telling them that he had been killing animals for years, like harpooning seals, shooting cows. And I'm so sorry, they harpooning sh- seals? I know, right? That's not right? low key. That is not casually killing animals. That is wild. <laughs> what? Maybe that's the reason they thought that he may have had something to do with it. <laughs> oh my. So they go and search his property for this rifle, clearly, but nothing comes up. But they did find lots of ammunition. And I'm quoting this because there was no way that I could have not said this exact line. Copious amounts of blood in the bathroom with dead animals, including a cut up shark in his fridge and a wild turkey in the trash can. (laughs) This guy. Cuckoo. mm -mm. But... They had nothing you, to you can't eat wild turkeys, in all fairness. Well, I mean, that's why I was in the trash can. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You can eat sharks, but you cannot eat a wild turkey. Yeah. So, anyway, he's got all this crap in his house. And he just left he, the blood in the bathroom? Yes. What is he, happening? He's, just, he's a strange character. But they couldn't link him because they had no gun. They had no, like, there was no blood from Lindsay and Jason. So, they're like, well, I don't think he did it. Like, yeah, he's wacko, but I don't think he did it. So... He gets let go. He's definitely killed somebody, though. I wouldn't be surprised. So they start looking into all these, like, a couple of other murders in, like, Arizona in the Tucson and Scottsdale area because there was similar victims, like, at campsites, and they would just be, like, a couple that got shot in the head. But, again, they had zero suspects in Arizona. And so it was like, yes, we can try and link them and we can try and, like, mm-hmm. join forces, but we still have nothing to go on. It's like a New Age Zodiac yeah. You know, like the yes. Lover's Lane killers and all that. I'm not going to lie. I, there was a theory that the Zodiac killer was the person who did wow. this. Wow. Wouldn't that be crazy? Yeah. Oh my but God. I didn't go into that. I didn't really delve into it because it was kind of like a bleh, kind of conspiracy theory. But anyway, then there was also a man named Joseph Burgess. And he had moved to Vancouver Island in 1972 because he was fleeing the States for failing to report for the Army. And he was known to have issues with religion and people who seemed to be like hypocrites about their religion. My guess is that he grew up like real Christian and like just didn't like people like that. and Got scorned somehow. So another Christian couple sleeping on the beach in um, Radar Beach. It was Radar Beach up in Canada in 1972. So this is 37 years before. He didn't feel they were right for sleeping on the beach in the same sleeping bag. So he shot and killed them on the beach. Okay. Okay. So 32 four. So, and then he disappeared, literally dropped they never off the They caught him. Here. They knew that he did it and never. Oh, hold on. Okay. Yeah. No, they didn't at that time. No, totally dropped off the radar. They had no idea, but they knew it was him because of like things that he had said to other people and whatever. And then I think they linked his gun. Maybe he left it. I don't, I don't know. I didn't really look into that case. I should have, but they knew it was him. He drops off the radar. So now they're thinking, hmm, maybe this guy popped back up again. And here he is killing Jason and Lindsay on the beach for the same reasons. So in 2009, they end up tracking him down in New Mexico. But when they attempt to apprehend them, 
He's killed in a shootout on July 16th, 2009, and they test his DNA, and it proves not to be a match with any of the evidence that they had on file for Jason and Lindsay's case. So now they're back at square one. (laughs) Isn't it crazy all of these, like, different people? (laughs) Are you pouring more wine? I know, right? (laughs) This one is I'm like telling you, I I don't know who. I mean, I picked that guy. You picked that guy. I would have picked. My money would have been on that guy too. <clears throat> and could I, be just I don't know if your storytelling though, <laughs> or all the wine you have. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So, <a> story. <laughs> who does that? Who shoots somebody and then runs and then never commits another crime ever? Nobody does that. He definitely. Okay. Okay. I'm listening. I'm a. I'm a answer. I'm. A, I'm gonna have the answers for you. Okay. It's just taken me a bit to get there because I got to tell you about all these random people. Okay. Is there more? Okay. So no, I think that's the last guy. So years go by. Years. I'm talking years. And police are just following all any random year uh, leads that that come up to them. And then on March 24th, 2017. Whoa. So okay. Thirteen years after. Yes. Oh my gosh, this poor family Mm -hmm. had no idea what was happening. Okay. No. And oh, they're the like salt of the earth people. They're amazing. Everything I read about them and all statements that I read of them, amazing, amazing people. So on in 2017, Sean Gallen, remember him? Crazy the animal killer. Seal harpooner? Yes. The loner was apprehended and arrested for murdering his brother, Seamus. Yes. Seamus. Okay. Hmm. Seamus. Seamus and Sean. St. Paddy's Day. Whoa. What are the chances of us recording on St. Paddy's Day and have two people named Seamus and Sean? Is Seamus Irish? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> Irish, actually. Got it. But I mean, I know Sean is, but okay, okay. <laughs> So according to the reports that I read, he said he killed his brother because Seamus held a grudge against him from an incident that they had when they were kids and Sean punched Seamus. And so Seamus is still mad about that. And so Sean's like, well, I got to kill him. So he shoots what? him. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Crazy. It's a 45 caliber. No, rifle? it was an assault. It oh. was an assault. <laughs> like an AR-15 or something like that. With this one. What? Okay. So while he's in custody for this crime, he lets authorities know that he wants to talk about the murders of Jason and Lindsay. Wow. And he provides them with information that only a killer would know. And he gives them the location of evidence located in a blackberry thicket on the side of a road in Guerneville. I think that's how you say that, which is about 20 minutes from where Jason and Lindsay were murdered. He had hidden the shell casings. In that thicket, there was like a pile of like seven shell casings. Now, clearly, he didn't use seven rounds to kill them, but he had seven. So I don't know where those other ones were from, who else he killed and hid them. But these match were a match for the shell casings. Oh, my gosh. Wow. He explained to police that he had killed them because he saw them sleeping on the beach and there was a clear sign saying that it was prohibited. So he just killed them out of spite. Like, shouldn't have been doing it. So boom, boom. He shot Jason first, and it woke Lindsay up, but he shot her pretty quickly after that. Like, not enough time for her to, like, oh move and gosh. try and get away. Can you imagine? No. Mm-mm. No. you got to be real sick. 
real sick human being for this. He picked up the shell casings and even briefly considered taking the bullets out of their heads so there wouldn't be any evidence, but decided not to and just drove away and then hid the shell casings in that thicket. Why did he confess? I don't I guess he just figured, well, I'm on I'm on for death. Well, he's crazy. He's also very crazy. So does that make him a serial killer? Well, I guess isn't that three? I With the cooling off period. Yeah. Between that and his brother. Very true. Very, very true. So he had never even spoken to them, had absolutely no that is the scariest freaking crap I have my kids yep. can never grow up. Nope. Do not camp on the boot. Don't camp on the Or beach. leave my home place. Don't leave my bubble. I know. Because there's messed up people out there. So, according to Sean, when he was arrested back in 2004 for the unrelated weapons charge, he had already burned the sandals that he was wearing when he killed them. And he had called his dad from prison to ask him to get rid of the guns on his property before the police searched it. So his dad helped him essentially get away with this crime. He didn't say why. He just said, go get rid of my guns because he wasn't supposed to have guns, I guess. But he didn't tell his dad why. He just said, go get rid of them. I think if anybody calls you and says, go get rid of my guns, your reaction should always be, what did you do? Right. Why? Tell me why. Before I get involved. And also no. What are you And also no, I will not. Yes. Yeah. So, sadly, although... I don't. I mean, he did help him get away with this, but his dad committed suicide in 2013. Oh, and no. According to Sean, he believes it was because of his suspicion of the connection that between those murders. Because he's like, I never told him. I never admitted it to him. But I think he thought that I was involved. And so, so he has had a lot of victims. Yeah. Oh, I'm mm. sure. There has to be. So, and he's had quite a sordid past too. His dad tried to get him therapy when he was younger because he feared he would hurt his brother, which he ends up killing him how many years later. But his mother wouldn't allow the social worker in the home. So they had to try and meet like outside of the home. And then she would note, but it didn't last very long. And she noted all these like odd behaviors and like poor hygiene at the time. But like his mom was totally against it. So it was hard to get. How old was he at this time? I I don't know. Honestly, it didn't really say a time frame. It just said when he was younger. Hmm. Why wouldn't you let him in? Gosh. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. The stigma of like, there's nothing wrong with my kid. I don't know. Just being in denial. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Cause there wasn't a whole lot of information of the mom out there. Um, Sean also says that in like sometime when he was younger, like his teenage years or maybe even early twenties, he took a huge amount of LSD. I don't know when or for what reason, but, and then he was never the same mentally since that. So basically he's blaming all of this on like a, Huge amount of LSD. What about the seals? Huh? Yeah, right. Exactly. The seals, the sharks, the wild turkey. Also, (laughs) in 2004, just before he murders Jason and Lindsay, he left a package bomb on top of a Honda Accord parked outside of a house in Monterio that was shared, shared by a couple. And I, they have the names of the couple, but I don't think it's important. But anyway, the bomb exploded and hurt the wife or the woman in the relationship. And apparently there was no arrests in that, but he confesses that that was him during this time. So and he, he did that because? No idea. 
No idea. <laughs> Literally no idea. What is ha- <laughs> what what happened to him? Uh, you want to, uh, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Okay. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. <laughs> in alive? August, so so in August he kills Lindsay and Jason, and then in January of 2009 he fires an arrow from his like bedroom window into a random like vehicle and like injures a man inside of vehicle. What in the crap is happening uh-huh. with this man? Yeah. Is he does and he, he live alone? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Um. And authorities surround his apartment for 30 hours, but somehow he slips away and eludes arrest <laughs> until March of um, 2009. So for three months, he eludes arrest where he turned himself in. Oh, my God. I, I don't. So um, he does spend three years in prison for assault with a deadly weapon in 2009 sometime, blah, blah, blah. Um, in March of 2017 he shoots his brother and then gets caught so in july of 2019 sean pleads no contest he's like told y'all what i did i did it all this is how i did it blah blah blah. no contest to three counts of first degree murder and one count of attempted murder which i'm thinking is the arrow Mm. or the bomb i guess it could be the bomb too i don't know which Mm -hmm. one it was Mm -hmm. but he avoids the death penalty because probably the arrow because they had they knew it was him i would imagine yeah, that's the bomb true. he just confesses to, and they're like, well, we would never have known about that. Right. But the arrow, yeah, they definitely knew it was him. Yeah, that's probably true. You're probably right. So he avoids the death penalty because he pleads no contest. And he was sentenced to three life sentences without the possibility of parole. So that's what happened to him. And it was 13 years before Jason and Lindsay's parents knew any had any answers. And like I said anything I read about them, they have this huge faith in God and that's what's gotten them through this horrific time. And like, they're super forgiving and everything that they say. And there's just no way I reached out to the person who suggested this case and like mentioned that. And she was like, even saying like, there's no way you could be that forgiving without that faith. And I don't even know that. And I have that faith, but I don't know that. (laughs) It's to the point where I could be that. If it was your kids. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, and random, too. The detective that was, like, kind of on the case the entire – like, throughout the whole thing, essentially, he, like, wanted nothing to do with religion or, like, God or whatever. And at the two-year memorial service at the camp that they worked at – they had a camp for – a memorial service for them – he accepted – God into his life at that memorial service because wow. he had been with that family for two years and like saw firsthand like what it was like to have that kind of faith. And so anyway, so that was just a kind of cool little outtake from that story. Even wow. It's horrible. So they're still trip. making an impact on the world and they will forever because that's crazy sad. Isn't it? And how many different like turns it took like to get where they were and they had him they had him within days but it took 13 years to actually connect him wow like yeah i don't even know what to say i feel like (laughs) i feel like you were really jerking me around there (laughs) i was but i had to (laughs) i was so sure for that um Wow, that's extremely tragic. Mm. Young people, it just makes me so scared for like even if you're good, 
even if you're good, you know, mm-hmm. like some random yeah. person could just shoot you on a beach. I mean, I know they they did not deserve it. They should be two individuals that are still here making a huge impact. Yeah, and many people's lives. And that guy, what's his name? Scott Gallagher. The- Sean, Sean, Gallon, Gallon. He killed his whole family. Like he just victimized. Yeah, I don't everybody. know what. Mom, I mean, where his mom is today? Oh, I'm yeah, sure she's a freaking mess. Mm-hmm. And his brother's dead, and his dad's dead, and he will rot mm-hmm. in prison, and then hell. Yes, yes, for eternity. Wow. Okay. What a suggestion, listener. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank that you. That was great. Thank- it was a doozy indeed. And I was in, I was, that was awful <laughs> and great also. So thank you for my fix for the week. You're welcome. <laughs> Happy Monday. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we hope you guys liked it and keep the suggestions coming. We really have a plethora of suggestions. Send us your stuff. Like, what are you good at? Are you good at taglines? Send us a tagline. Yes. So <laughs> are fun. you good at art? Send us art. We're going to mm-hmm. take it all. Send us some emails. We've gotten so much love. And I tell you what, it really fills our souls and we love it so much. So please keep those coming and reaching out to us. We like engaging with you. It's our favorite thing. Yeah. And so we want you to keep it coming. We're on all the social medias we're on all the things so just find us and reach out and speaking of taglines we have another listener tagline that we're going to play at the end of this episode and this is actually a friend of mine from my childhood literally we went to elementary school together we have been to slumber parties together she is super super sweet and her name is Candace and she is about to give y'all the what's up at the end of this episode so keep the play button going because we're going to hear from her and always remember the world is scary people suck hide in your closet and remember the world is scary people suck hide in your closet